Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. All right, let's do this. DFS, DFS. Don't forget to check out DailyRoto.com. And if you want to win a chance to win two tickets uh, to the 2018 uh, World uh, Series, uh, check out DailyRoto.com. DKMS, you'll find a link to a free DFS baseball contest every day. Contest sponsored by DKMS. Looking for your help in a fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best overall chance uh, for survival. 30% of uh, patients can find a matching donor in their own families. 70%, 70%, nearly 14,000 each year must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. Find out how you can help and play free DFS contests with a shot at winning two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. Go to DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. That's DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. Question is, who's going to be in uh, the World uh, Series uh, this year? All right, we've got uh, the starting lineup, or at least uh, what we believe to be the starting lineup uh, here for the New York Yankees in the second leg of their doubleheader. They won the first uh, one, 7-4. Brett Gardner's in. Uh, Brett Gardner is in. Gardner didn't play um, in the the first one. Gardner is in. Judge is in. Sanchez is in. Stanton is in. Torres is in. Andujar is in. Neil Walker is in. Tyler Austin and Clint Fraser. Clint uh, Fraser, no Hicks, no Hicks uh, this evening, and actually liked uh, Hicks in this spot. Now, we'll get to our hockey uh, lineup as well, but uh, bear with us uh, here. Hicks what was $4,300. A lot of other options, a lot of other options uh, here uh, this evening uh, in the outfield uh, position. Now, I've got a bunch of DraftKings uh, pages open. I've got a hockey lineup, and I've got a baseball lineup uh, for you. I just want to confirm. Now, listen, I don't. there's no starting lineups out for the late games yet. So we can't confirm uh, the starting lineups out for late games. Now, we just gave you the lineup uh, for the Yankees. There's no Greg Bird. No Bird uh, here this evening as well. So Bird is also out uh, tonight. No Hicks. No Bird. I actually liked a Bird here this evening as well. You know what? Bird is out. I think we'll just uh, we'll uh, roll Paul Goldschmidt uh, in. Leaves us 4100 bucks to spend in the outfield. Uh, uh, you know what? Maybe I'll just plug uh, Justin Upton in here right now. It's the problem with Major League Baseball. It's, it's actually pretty frustrating. Contest is full. Move to another one. Yes, a few more contests. I will enter that one. I didn't want to enter for 50 bucks. <laughs> Settle down. I'm not Benny Ricciardi here. Drew Dinkmeyer. I do have a hockey lineup uh, that I rolled for a $12 uh, entry, though. So we're going to roll the dice. Uh, we're rolling the dice there. So uh, let me share what you uh, listen. We've got four baseball games uh, tonight. So it's not exactly, I'm not exactly, we're not exactly in an easy spot uh, here. And with the double header. The double header today sort of, you know, caused a little bit of havoc. But fortunately, we do have the starting lineup for the Yankees, and we know that Hicks is out, and that uh, that Bird is out. So let's start off. Um, let's start off with my pitchers here. And man, it's it's a tough night here tonight as far as the pitchers are concerned. I'm going to go with my boy Nick Trapiano. Trapiano's been pretty good to me for for betting purposes. Listen, he's not, you know, it's not like he's a DFS king or anything like this. Uh, but, you know, he's not a strikeout monster or anything like that. But um, he's solid. And he, he doesn't give up a ton of runs. 
uh, either. So uh, Tropiano, uh, he his last two starts uh, were on the road, and uh, he went 12 and two-third innings. He won both of his road starts against the Toronto Blue Jays and the Detroit Tigers, all right? He went 12 and a third innings. He only gave up three runs, all right, in his last two starts on the road. Although one thing that concerns me about this, and I've talked about this a lot, guys, and I'm sure, you know, we have a lot of numbers people tuning in right now, so I don't have to tell you this, but it really is amazing, isn't it, how pretty much like everybody on the Angels is better on the road than at home. You know, like I don't understand how like the both the pitchers are better and the hitters are better uh, on the road. It's a weird dichotomy that they have that I almost feel has to sort of turn around a little bit. It just doesn't make sense. You know, it's not like uh, there's some sort of major, major discrepancy or reason at the ballpark in Anaheim why this is happening. So, uh, so Tropiano was real solid uh, on the road. Like I said, three runs, eleven hits, twelve and two third innings against the uh, the Blue Jays and the Detroit uh, Tigers. And what's interesting, though, uh, the three runs that he gave up—they're all solo home runs. All right, so there has been a little bit of a problem for him. It's like good news, bad news. Tropiano doesn't got you know he doesn't give up a lot of hits. He doesn't give up a lot of runs. He just sort of gets guys out. There's not a lot of guys on base, but he has uh, he has had a problem with solo home runs uh, this year. All right, he's given up eight home runs on the season uh, this year. He's one and zero in two career starts against Kansas City. He's given up, like I said, two runs, two starts. He's given up two runs in twelve innings. I mean, if you look at Tropiano's numbers, he's pretty much the freaking king of. You know, six innings of one hit, two run, uh, you know, type of baseball. He's been good to us, though. And, you know, you guys know I've used him quite a bit. And I don't pretend to be the best Major League Baseball fantasy uh, DFS uh, player. I really don't. But the one thing I have been pretty good at is uh, the pitchers and identifying these guys. And I was actually on Tropiano in both his last starts. 27.5 DK points against the the Toronto uh, Blue Jays. He struck out six. And then the Detroit Tigers, he struck out five. Like I said, the strikeouts aren't really there. But he's also a minus-185 favorite tonight. Or I should say the Angels. Uh, the Angels are minus-185 favorites tonight against the Kansas City uh, Kansas City Royals. I was going to call them the Chiefs against Kansas City Royals. So they're the biggest favorite on the board. He should get the win here tonight. And um, Nick Trapiano will be one of my pitchers. I will also be betting on the Atlanta Braves. This evening. Now, I'm going to be going light in baseball tonight. It's a light night. None of these games really jump off the page uh, at me off the, all that much, or I should say jump off the screen uh, at me. But I'm going to go with Julio Tehran uh, in this spot. He's 4-2 and two with a 3.76 run, run average and eight career starts against uh, San Diego. Um, he already beat them once uh, this year. And, uh, you know, San Diego strike out a lot. They have the uh, third highest uh, strikeout uh, rate. Uh, in Major League Baseball at uh, 26%. I think, the, you know, listen, the Atlanta Braves, they're the real deal. They're not going anywhere. They keep on winning baseball games. It's a winnable game uh, for them. Cam was talking about San Diego playing better baseball as of late. Man, they played against the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds are terrible. And the um, the Padres had their, their better pitchers pitching. Tyson Ross is a play on in fantasy and he's a play on in, in reality. Like, you know, I bet on San Diego and Ross is on the hill, but I don't want any part of them tonight with Clayton Richard on the hill. Uh, our catcher, we're going really cheap tonight. We decided to punt the catcher spot uh, here. Uh, we're going with uh, Martin Molinato. You know, he's 2700 bucks short slate uh, tonight. He got the day off yesterday, so he's going to be fresh. He gets Danny Duffy uh, here. He's projected to score six uh, six points you know, we're not really expecting too much out of him. Uh, we're expecting six, uh, six DK points uh, or so, according to the computer projections, $2,700. We're just going to sort of uh, squeeze him in. Now, I like Greg Bird. I like Greg Bird in this spot. It pissed me off. This is the thing with the weather recently and the stupid Yankee games. It's been causing havoc. Remember the other night we had Benny Ricciardi on on Friday, and uh, their game on Thursday got rained out, and it's just sort of been a domino effect. It's freaking frustrating. We put together this lineup earlier in the day, and I knew this was going to happen, that whoever played in the first leg of the doubleheader, the Yankees are a pretty deep team that not everyone would play, so Hicks and Bird are out. I like Bird, uh, but uh, Bird's done, so we'll just slide Goldschmidt in. We can afford him. 
uh, against Derek Holland here tonight. So we'll put uh, we'll put Goldschmidt uh, in the lineup here. Ian Kinsler, Ian Kinsler, and the Angels tonight. We're talking about Tropiano. They're minus one eighty five uh, favorites. Um, Kinsler doesn't have great numbers uh, this year, but uh, he's got a nice. Um, Hard hit rate, 33.7% uh, right now, 47.2% fly ball uh, rate. You know, he hasn't had a lot of uh, a lot of great uh, luck. And as we stated, we got Duffy on the hill here this evening. It's an opportunity uh, for him to, to hit the ball hard. Uh, the Angels have the highest team total of the night. We'll grab a piece of Kinsler, and he's pretty affordable. Uh, Miguel Andujar. Miguel Andujar is in the lineup. How did he do in the first game? He's actually playing in both the games. I didn't see the box score for the first game. He's been a machine, this dude. Yeah, another hit, one for four. So he's now hit safely in 17 of his last 19 baseball games. Man, the Yankees are just rolling along right now, man. Hicks was 0 for 4. Judge was 0 for 4 earlier in the day. Greg Bird was 1 for 3 with an RBI. Stanton, 1 for 5. Gregorius was one for four. Bird had a run scored. Stanton had a run scored. Gregorius had a run scored. Anduar scored a run. Fraser scored a run. Wow, pretty much everybody scored a freaking run on the Yankees. Seven of their nine uh, batters scored runs today. That's diversity. That's diversifying the portfolio. Man, Castellanos is just freaking killing it, man. Two for four again today. Yeah, so I got Andujar. Andujar's in the lineup. It's confirmed. He's starting uh, once again this evening. So Andujar, he's now hit safely in 17 of his last 20 baseball games. He's got three home runs in his last uh, 11, uh, 11 games. Been racking up, man, the, uh, the DK points. Seven points, uh, seven points today. His one for four with a hit, a run scored, was good for seven. He had 23 points um, a couple of days ago against uh, Baltimore. He was shut out against Houston. The game before that, he he had 18. I think he's in a nice spot here this evening. No reason why he can't give us seven, 10, 15, whatever. Maybe we can get lucky and he can crack a home run here this evening. Here's the one of the value picks uh, of the night. We're going with Nick Ahmed. Nick Ahmed uh, of the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, you know, this guy's numbers, whatever. He's Nick Ahmed, and he's dirt freaking cheap. Uh, but he's got a left-hander this evening in Derek Holland. We all know that uh, Holland is a gas can. He's flammable. Uh, he's got a 3-7-1 Woba this year. Ahmed does against, uh, against lefties. 36.2% hard hit rate. You know, he's cheap for a reason. Uh, but the computers really, really like him as well. I was looking at a couple of different um, daily um, daily fantasy projection rankings uh, for the day. And Ahmed comes up as one of the top. Uh, he comes up as uh, one of the top um, value uh, picks of the night. Very, very cheap. Our boy Cam loves uh, cheap. Thirty two hundred dollars. So Aaron Judge is um, Aaron Judge is once again in the lineup, and I like the fact uh, here that Aaron Judge was 0 for 4 earlier in the day. So Judge uh, Judge is in our lineup. Like I said, I liked Hicks as well here, but uh, we had to bump him. He's out. So yeah, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge against Mike Fires is uh, three for eight with a home run. So I'll, I'll take my chances uh, here with this number. Another really nice value pick here tonight is Jared Dyson of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Big value pick here. You know, Dyson's got 45 DK points uh, in uh, the D-backs in his last six starts, last six games. Cheap uh, cheap price uh, here. So I mentioned that Hicks is out for the uh, the New York Yankees. Do I go with Upton uh, here? Upton really, really hasn't been doing uh, very much. He hit a home run yesterday. Maybe that gets him going. 14 DK points yesterday. Like I said, I was going to start uh, Hicks uh, tonight, but Hicks is out of the lineup. Could go with uh, uh, Jorge Soler. 
Jorge Soler has been might be in a better spot uh, here actually, but I don't like uh, I don't like being a contrarian when I have um, I've already got I've already got Tropiano. You know Andrew McCutcheon, Andrew McCutcheon's been putting up some really really nice numbers as of late. He's really starting to settle in right now. You know he doesn't have any protection in his lineup. And you figure, I talked about this earlier, you figure that the San Francisco Giant offense would regress with all the injuries uh, that they have. But they, you know, they keep winning baseball games. You know, they took care of business against the Philadelphia Phillies. I lost. I took the Phillies on Saturday and Sunday. But you look at McCutcheon's numbers, 23 DK points uh, yesterday against the Phillies. He had four points on Saturday. He had 10 points on Friday. He had uh, eight points against uh, Colorado. Uh, on Thursday, 11 points the day before that, 5, 6, 14. Pretty consistent, $3,700 as well. Pretty affordable for Andrew McCutcheon uh, here. So the question is, do I want to go Upton or McCutcheon? And I actually like uh, McCutcheon better here, so let's go McCutcheon. McCutcheon, you're in. So our baseball lineup will be Julio Tehran, Nick Tropiano, uh, Martin Malinato, Paul Goldschmidt, Ian Kinsler, Miguel Andujar, Nick Ahmed, Aaron Judge, Andrew McCutcheon, Jared Dyson. Hey, listen, man, it's a short four-game slate here this evening. We're doing all we can do is play the cards that we got here. Lineup Block Live continues. I got some NHL stuff for you on the other side. I think I got a pretty good NHL lineup, too. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Light up block live. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage. I am Gabriel Moretzi. Mike Blewett normally joins us on uh, Mondays. Uh, last Monday, I believe, was Memorial uh, Memorial Weekend. It was a holiday. And um, uh, today he was unable to join us. But Mike Blewett uh, will join us tomorrow. Big man on campus on the program tomorrow as well. All right, so we gave you our Major League uh, Baseball lineup. Let's talk some NHL hockey uh, right now. It is, of course, Game 3. Game 3 went down Saturday night uh, in uh, Washington. Game 4 goes down uh, this evening. And, uh, you know, Washington Washington Capitals, to me, have looked like the uh, the better team. Vegas sort of looked tired to me right now. Sort of like, you know, we're talking about LeBron James. You know, sort of the fatigue or the frustration kicking it. Las Vegas... To me, they just sort of look a little tired. Las Vegas are such a they're such a fast paced playing team. And their their forechecking and their skating has really been a difference uh for them all season long. It almost seems like it's catching up a little bit with them. And also it's like they've met their match in that the the Washington Capitals are freaking fast dudes, man. You know, a back backstrom's a fast uh dude. You know, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin is among the fastest in the league, etc. So the speed advantage that Las Vegas has had against everybody is being nullified a little bit. And I've talked about this with about Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, guys, the guy's save percentage was 9-4 freaking 5. All right? Like, the he couldn't play at that level. And I'm not, you can't blame Marc-Andre Fleury for what's going on right now. But at some point, Vegas have to score. And, you know, they have to not just sort of hope that Marc-Andre Fleury can save their ass. And that's exactly what he did against Winnipeg. 
Now, looking at the single-game showdown here this evening, um, the um, showdown sniper. So, basically, you know, it's not the full lineup. You don't have to have a goalie. It's a, a six six-player, $50,000 uh, lineup, um, you know, with um, with the exaggerated salaries, et cetera. Now, listen, when you're getting into a single-game showdown and with, with a hockey game, it's tough. You know, this isn't a basketball game where they're going to put up 232 points. This is a hockey game that I think is probably going to be a pretty freaking low-scoring game uh, once again tonight. I like the under uh, five-and-a-half in this game. So, really, you know, you, you, you've got to be on whoever's going to score the goals. And oftentimes, it's it's a journeyman or it's a role player that will score a big goal in the Stanley Cup Finals or in a playoff game. Or, you know, you really have to count on the shots on goal and, uh, you know, who's going to block some shots. And I think we came up uh, with a pretty nice uh, lineup uh, here right now. Let's start off with Alexander Ovechkin. And what, what can you say about Alexander Ovechkin right now, man? The guy is a man possessed, okay? He's a man possessed. If you remember, he guaranteed that they were going to come back and win against uh, Columbus when they were down 0-2, and they did. I mean, if they go on to win the Stanley Cup, this is some Broadway Joe, Joe Namath type of stuff. He freaking guaranteed it. Now, he didn't guarantee they were going to win a cup, but he said, we'll come back. You know, we're down uh, 2 nothing." We've talked about the, the adversity that the Capitals have been under routinely and consistently in these National Hockey League playoffs. But the reason that they've been able to get through this is Alexander Ovechkin. And, you know, the other players have stepped up as well. In the past years, Ovechkin's sort of taken the blame for the Washington Capitals' playoff demises. And a lot of times, it was a lot like the Cleveland Cavaliers. He didn't have other guys stepping up. But this year is different. Other guys are stepping up. We'll get to that momentarily. But, you know, he's a three-time Hart Trophy winner already. He needs a Stanley Cup to put the... Um, to put the, uh, the you know, the bow on what's been an epic career for Alexander Ovechkin. You know, that goal that he scored the other night uh, was awesome. Uh, he's got 14 goals uh, right now in the playoffs. All right, he's got 14 goals, 25 points. And the thing with Ovechkin is he's doing it at both ends. You know, he's burying his opportunities. He's banging pucks in. He's, he's all over the place, but he's also back-checking. And playing defense. He's playing at both ends of the rink uh, right now. And, you know, to me, Ovechkin, listen, I think Washington are going to win this game tonight. And um, well, we're going to, you know, how do we not take Ovechkin? And how do we not take Kuznetsov? As Kuznetsov, um, Kuznetsov of course, was injured, uh, comes back, practices, uh, plays in the game. And what does he do? He scores and he has an assist uh, coming back. And it's kind of funny, too, because Kuznetsov was asked after about playing uh, through the injury. And uh, he said, you know, when it's a championship, you got to play through pain and it doesn't matter. And he referred to Michael Jordan. <laughs> he referred to Michael Jordan. He said, you know, Michael Jordan in the finals, Michael Jordan once uh, scored 53 points when he was sick. And that's all people will remember, what you did, not excuses. And everyone's like, what game did Michael Jordan score 53 points in a final against when he was sick? Kuznetsov's a Russian dude. He just sort of, he's combining basketball history. LeBron, uh, sorry, LeBron, LeBron uh, joined Michael Jordan as, uh, as dropping 50 in a game. Remember, I think Michael Jordan scored like 56 against the Boston Celtics once. Uh, that, that wasn't in the finals, though. That was earlier in Jordan's career. And then when Jordan, when they beat the Utah Jazz, I think Jordan was dehydrated. They said he was in the hospital or whatever. He was, was deathly ill. Yet, there's some people out there that say it's not true, that he was actually just hung over. Either way. It's funny that Kuznetsov refers to Michael Jordan in his, in his reference. So, yeah, we're going to take Kuznetsov uh, here. Kuznetsov's just a freaking stud, man. You know, how are we going to go wrong here with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov? And you want to, you, you know, we want to talk about, like, fantasy, reality. It's it's amazing what Ovechkin has done. It really is. And Kuznetsov, like, both these guys. Like, even from a, guys, 20 fantasy points. Alexander Ovechkin had 20 DK points in game three. 20 DK points. That's like a quarterback's amount of points. Like, that's not normal for hockey, man. You know, he had a goal. He had five shots on goal. 
and he had two block shots. 17 minutes, 20, 20 DK points in 17 minutes' time. Hell, in game two, he had 15.1 DK points. Game one, he didn't even play all that well, and uh, he had 10.1 DK points. He had 17 DK points in the last game against Tampa. Like, this guy, fantasy and reality, is just freaking killing it. Alexander Ovechkin, $12,600. We're talking about Kuznetsov. If there's one guy who's even doing more in the playoffs than Alexander Ovechkin, it's Kuznetsov. We talked about Kuznetsov um, and his injury coming back. A goal and assist after uh, getting knocked out uh, getting knocked out with the, uh, the upper body uh, injury. He's just been a freaking monster, man. 22 DK points in the last game. We won't count, um, you know, we won't count uh, game two in which, um, you know, he, he, he didn't play, basically. He played four minutes of the game. Game three, he played 19 minutes. He had 12 DK points. Against Tampa, he had 13, 15, 16, 19, 32, 26. Like, these guys are carrying them, man. This is why I think the Capitals are going to win the Cup. The Capitals just, they're peaking at the right time. They have too many guys right now. And there's no disrespect against Las Vegas. But Las Vegas, you guys are in your first year. I'm not as, um, I don't have as much animosity about Las Vegas making it to the Stanley Cup in year one. You know, we heard Jimmy the Bag earlier talking about how, as a Vancouver Canuck fan, it sickens him. You know, the Canucks have been in the league 47 years. They never won the Cup, and Vegas could win the Cup. Our boy Cam Stewart, even as a Leaf fan, says it pisses him off. I'm not really a fan of any NHL team, to be honest with you, so I really don't care. You know, by nature, I am a Montreal Canadiens fan, but they have upset me so much. I'm not one of these people that, like, hangs with an organization forever, even though I have with the Bills. Thing is, the Bills actually try to win. They're just useless. (laughs) Like, there's a difference. Like, the Montreal Canadiens bother me because I don't feel as though they try to win as much as they uh, they should. They have the highest ticket price in the league. They suck. They're just, you know, they're more interested in just making money than they are than uh, the winning championships. So, me, let's say as a Canadian fan, I don't, I think, I think it's actually good that Vegas won the cup because it would, should slap these uh, other teams in the face and wake them up a bit. So Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, they're in my lineup. Now, speaking of the Montreal Canadiens, Lars Eller, former Montreal Canadian, and I was pissed off at Lars Eller because uh, it was in game one in which Vegas won 6-4. You know, that's what the history books are going to say. That's what the history books are going to say, that Vegas won 6-4. Yet it was excruciatingly close excruciatingly close to being 5-5. You know, there was about 40 seconds left. Somebody fired it into the slot. Lars Eller couldn't couldn't capitalize. Listen, the Las Vegas did a nice job of hitting his stick as he tried to, to shoot the puck, too, but it was tough. You know, they would have tied the game. You know what was haunting him. He had a rough night in, um, in game one. He was a plus-minus-minus minus three in game one, uh, but he responded in game two. Uh, with a goal and two assists, uh, 22 DK points, one shot on goal. Now, the thing with Lars Eller is, and I got Lars Eller here again tonight. Now, look, Lars Eller didn't, uh, he didn't really register in a score sheet. He had uh, zero goals, zero assists. He had a shot on goal, but he had three block shots the other night. And as a whole, the Washington Capitals had... 26 block shots the other night. That, like, that's what I'm saying about, like, laying it on the line, these guys. You know, like, Vegas Vegas are good, and my point was about Vegas being in their first year. Even though they've got veterans in the league, Washington have these players that have choked before in the playoffs. All right? Like, the Washington Capitals are essentially the Toronto Raptors. You know, DeRozan... And Kyle Lowry or Kuznetsov and off and off and off and Ovechkin essentially. Like they've been, you know, they've had a lot of heartbreak over the years and a lot of underachieving. Kuznetsov's disappeared in the playoffs before. Uh, Backstrom's disappeared in the playoffs before. So that, I, to me, that's what's driving him over the top. Hope he's had postseason disappointment before. 
to me, this is what's driving Washington over the top. You know, we saw it against Tampa Bay. They just wanted it more, and we're sort of seeing it now. I know, you know, Vegas want it, but Washington are just on another level right now of doing what it takes, and the block shots speak for themselves. What I like about Eller here, and, you know, Lars Eller's pretty, you know, he's $8,200. But the thing with Lars Eller, listen, he's not Kuznetsov. He's not Ovechkin. He doesn't put up these monster offensive numbers. But he plays so freaking much. The the coaching staff trust him. And he's on the ice like 20 minutes a night. He played 20 minutes in the last game. He played 18 minutes the game before that. All right? So he's getting a ton of ice time. If you're on the ice, you're, you know, good things will happen, and you're going to be able to rack up some fantasy points along the way. So we've got Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Lars Uller. Um, Las Vegas. Now, I don't know if the game's going to be a shutout for Washington. We have to, you know, get a player in uh, on uh, Vegas uh, here. We're going to go with Alex Tuck. At least one of our Vegas players is Alex Tuck. Talk about consistency. Alex Tuck's been very, very consistent. In, uh, in game three, at 8.2 fantasy points. In, uh, in game two, 9.7. Game one, just 3.3. But um, in the last game against, um, against Winnipeg, he had 16.4. He had uh, 9, 11. It's a pretty solid production, actually, uh, for Tuck, who gets some you know decent playing time. He plays about 15 minutes a game. Uh, he's got 8.2 DK points or more in five of his last six hockey games. So I think he's a nice little, uh, a nice little fill-in uh, here. Now, I was talking about, uh, we were talking about Vegas earlier, and, you know, the problem with Vegas is their stars haven't stepped up. Their stars haven't stepped up. Carlson didn't even have a shot on goal the other night. All right, Carlson's gone cold. Their top line has gone cold. Even Marcia So is slowing down a little bit uh, right now. I think the wear and tear is starting to catch up to them a little bit. It's actually the role players for Las Vegas. So I mentioned Alex Tuck. He's got 8.2 DK points or more in five of his last uh, six hockey games, and it leads us into Thomas Nosek. And uh, Nosek's been putting a puck in the net. He's got four goals in his last five hockey games. And we're talking about, you know, Western Conference Final and Stanley Cup games as well. Very, very impressive for a player that nobody's ever really ever heard of before. <laughs> like, Thomas Nosek's really, really, like, lighting this stuff up. The thing with him is he doesn't really do anything else, you know, like, besides score. So it's sort of like a fantasy basketball player that only takes three-point shots. He's not going to get you any assists. He's not going to get you any rebounds. And, you you know, you've got to hope uh, that he scores, but he's so cheap. He's $4,500, guys. You know, it's $4,500 for a guy that has found the net in four of the last uh, five hockey games. All right, he scored, uh, he scored on Saturday night. He scored two goals. He scored two goals in, uh, in game one. He scored in, uh, in game, what was it, game five against uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, he's just been on a roll. He's just been at the right place at the right time. He doesn't really play all that much, too. He only plays about 10, 11 minutes a game. Uh, but he's been at the right place at the right time. He's got goals in four of his last five games, and uh, he's $4,500. And finally, uh, in conclusion, we're going to go with, uh, with Verana, uh, Jacob Verana of the uh, Washington Capitals. Another player whose numbers aren't, like, over the top, uh, but he's just he's just solid. You know, he's just solid. And he's cheap as well. He's $5,800, which is really cheap because we're talking about, like, the showdown where everyone's expensive. You know, he had 6.2 points in the last game, 7.1 the game before that, 9 points in the game before that. So in the series, he's had no less than 6.2 DK points, 6.2, 7.1, and, uh, and 9, averaging about 13 minutes a game. And... Uh, Think about Verona is though, even though he's not scoring, where the production. Listen, he's only got one assist in 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 the in the finals here, but where the the fantasy production is coming from, he's had um, at least two shots on goal in every game. 
He had two shots on goal in game one. He had three shots on goal in game two. He had two shots on goal. And block shots as well. We talked about the Capitals with 26 block shots. He had two block shots uh, in game three. He had a block in game two. Alexander Ovechkin, Kuznets off, Lars Eller, Alex Tuck, Jacob Verana, Thomas Nosek. O- Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Aller, Tuck, Verana, Nosek. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Block Live. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We gave you our MLB DFS lineup of the night. We shared our NHL uh, lineup uh, with you as well. Uh, We'll get to our best bets uh, of the night, but uh, that's only going to take a couple of minutes because uh, it's a pretty... uh, It's a pretty light board here tonight. No NBA basketball. We'll uh, talk NBA Finals tomorrow. As we alluded to earlier, the Golden State Warriors are four-and-a-half-point favorites um, in Game 3 in Cleveland. Looks like Iguodala is going to be back uh, for Game 3. It was, it really is surprising, though, isn't it, to see, and it's refreshing to me, to see LeBron James not get the calls. Now, LeBron James complains more than my ex-girlfriend does, all right? And he, it's a problem in which I think finally with the referees, it's like the little boy that cried wolf. You know, like even even when he's guilty of something or there's no reason, like there were countless occasions yesterday, and don't get me wrong, I'm going to get to the call where LeBron did get screwed over, but there were countless occasions yesterday in which LeBron took it to the rack, scored a layup. You know, when he does his just, you know, I'm taking it to the rack, get the hell out of my way thing, and he's unstoppable when he does it. I don't know why he doesn't do it more often. But he took it to the rack, and there were a couple of times, like, there were no Warriors around him even, and he would cry after. I got hit. I got touched. Um, there was a time yesterday in the game, and no one calls him out for this. Like, not one person. Like, I swear to God, if it was any other star, man, any other star, he'd get crucified for it. Um, yesterday, he went in. He missed the layup. He didn't get the call that he wanted. So he just stopped playing. He stopped playing. Like, he didn't run back. He stood in the corner. And and then when the ball came back down to the other end of the court, like, he put his hands on his hips. Like, he took himself out of the play type of thing. Like, listen, LeBron is great, and he plays too much. I get it. He's tired. But, you know, he's he's showing his teammates up on the court quite often. And real real stars don't do this. He's sort of like letting everyone know, hey, it's not me. Hey, uh, you know. It's like we know it's not you, LeBron, but at the same point in time, you're not helping a case when you're bad vibing everybody all the time. So then later in the game, though, so in, in LeBron's mind, he's getting pissed off because, look, in game one, they reversed the call. And I will agree that it's strange. You don't often see that. Yet I thought that they made the correct call in the end. Yesterday, he did get tackled. I mean, there's no... LeBron James didn't dive. He didn't end up on his back on his own. I mean, you know, it was late in the game. LeBron was taking it to the rack, and it wasn't that late in the game. It was still when the game was actually still, you know, up for grabs. And, you know, he takes it to the rack. I believe it was Steph Curry collided with him midair, and I think it was Looney. It was Curry and then Looney. And the Warriors did a great job last night of swarming LeBron James. They, you know, they basically forced, you know, they forced other Cavalier players to make shots. If you watch closely, when LeBron James gets the ball, they'll have Curry on him, which is a mismatch. Um, but, you know, they, they challenged LeBron at half court and stuff. 
That's something that the Raptors did not do, and that's why Dwayne Casey doesn't have a job anymore. So the the Golden State Warriors are four-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. And you know LeBron is going to get some calls now. You know he's going to get some calls. The thing is, you know, with LeBron, yes, I'm not going to dispute it. You don't often see players' um, uh, plays reverse like that. But, you know, LeBron, and we're going to get to LeBron and his, his overall annoyingness in a second here. It was, you know, they, they overruled the, the play. It was surprising. LeBron was shocked it happened. All right. And then you had the whole J.R. Smith stuff and George Hill misses the free throw. So game one was kind of chaotic. Yesterday, they missed the call late. Like, I, you know, I don't understand how it wasn't a foul. It really wasn't even, oh, it's the playoffs. They're letting them play. It's like, no, LeBron James was fouled. They didn't call it. And basically, it was the nail in the coffin for Cleveland because he tapped out after that. It wasn't Golden State that wore him out. It was the referees and his own teammates uh, that wore him out when it was all said and done. So where I'm going with this is they're not going to screw LeBron James in every game. Right? They screwed him over a couple of times. He didn't get the calls. It's now they're playing in Cleveland. You know they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. We you know, we went over Golden State's numbers before, and we see Golden State stumbled on the road in every series so far this year. I think the Golden State in five is actually the more realistic than a sweep. You know, the Warriors lost. Uh, they lost game four in San Antonio. They lost game three in New Orleans. Um, they didn't have they didn't have home court in, in Houston. And uh, they split on the road in Houston. And then they won eventually in Houston later. Uh, but they split early. So, like, you know, the Warriors have lost road games in every series that they played in this year. So, you know, the Cavaliers actually probably really are the play on Wednesday. They're going to get every damn call. You know, are the Cavs, well, we'll deal with this tomorrow and on Wednesday. Are the Cavs the play in game three? Or, you know, is it that uh, Cleveland wins uh, Cleveland wins game four after they lose the game? So as I was saying, it's a, it's a light night tonight, really. You know, we don't have a hell of a lot going on here this evening. We have the hockey and uh, even baseball. And I was wondering, why the hell is it such a light night in baseball? I was looking last night, but, of course, it's the Major League Baseball draft. So the Yankees are uh, minus 200 in a nightcap uh, here tonight. Uh, the Angels and the Royals. Man, the Angels are now up to minus 200. It was minus 185 before. Remember me and Camp talked about this game an hour ago. It was minus 185. This is what happens, man, when there's no games on the board. Everybody just starts, you know, over-betting the favorites. The Tropiano is now a minus 200 favorite against the Royals and Duffy. Godley and Holland on the hill. That game's a pick of minus 110 on both sides. Total 7.5 there. And then you got the Braves and the Padres. Total 7.5. Clayton Richard and Julio Terrant. San Diego are small favorites in. Atlanta are too good of a baseball team, in my opinion, to be a small favorites. Um, a small underdog. San Diego shouldn't be favorites. Like, really? San Diego really shouldn't be favorites against anybody too often. I get it that Tyson Ross is a really good pitcher, but Atlanta are actually a very good team. <laughs> like, San Diego are not, so I don't really see why San Diego are favorites. I don't think the market likes Julio Tehran that much. Everything, you know, most of the time when you read about them, there's more negativity than positivity. So those are your four baseball games. The nightcap, I hear the doubleheader. Yankees took the first one, 7-4. They're minus 200. Total is 10. Uh, Royals and Angels. Angels minus 200. Uh, D-backs and uh, Giants, that game minus 110 on both sides. Total 7.5. And And, uh, the Braves and uh, San Diego. Let's take a look at the uh, Major League Baseball market uh, watch. It's been a little while. It's been like two weeks since we've checked in on the markets, actually. It's amazing. It's really amazing the ebbs and flows of a Major League Baseball season, like with the market even. And when I say markets, I mean if you bet $100. So we'll call like each unit $100. 
So the $100 better and what you would be up or down betting on a specific baseball team. And I remember, man, we were talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Arizona Diamondbacks, guys, these guys were up like 23 units type of thing. Like the Arizona Diamond, like you, if you bet $100 on every, every, every Arizona Diamondback game, you were up like $2,200, but they got so cold recently, it's all the way down to 446 So if, you know, it's just $100 better. If you bet $100 on every Arizona Diamondback game this year, you're up $446. If you bet $100 on every Colorado Rocky game, you're up $109. As evidence of their record, 30 and 29. San Francisco's 29 and 30 straight up. But they're they're plus three hundred and forty five dollars on the season. The San Diego Padres are twenty seven and thirty four on the year, seven games under five hundred. Yet, if you bet a hundred dollars on every San Diego game, you're up thirty one dollars because they're always underdogs, and with the exception of tonight. My Los Angeles Dodgers twenty nine and thirty, and the Dodgers are starting to heat up. 29 and 30, the Dodgers are down $2,205. The L.A. Dodgers are more flammable than our boy Sonny Vega. They're pyromaniacs. And, you know, the Dodgers have been hovering around down 2500 bucks, like all, you know, for the last couple of weeks, month or so, to be honest with you. And even now that they're winning, they're winning more than they're losing, it's hard for the Dodgers, and it's hard for you to make money betting the Dodgers. They're always favorites. That's that's the problem. It's a lot like fantasy, guys. You know, like in DFS, it's like you know, like it's identifying. All right, who's going to put up the big numbers, but won't be owned? And it's it's the same thing. Like with um, it's the same thing with baseball. You need to identify when you're betting on baseball. Identify certain baseball teams that win base win more than they lose, that make money that the public doesn't really bet on or talk about. And a classic example of this are the Milwaukee Brewers. And, I, you know, it's like I'm the only one. I told people, too. I never, I didn't understand the Brewers' win total coming into the year. I mean, the Brewers won 86 games last year, and to me, coming into the year, they were a better team, bringing in Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich. I wasn't as concerned with the pitching as everybody was. But the Brewers are a good example of this. Like, look, the Milwaukee Brewers, guys, played the worst team in baseball, the Chicago White Sox, and they were minus 130. The Brewers, they're not a public team. People don't bet on them. People, the media doesn't talk about them. So, therefore, the there's like a perception, and perception creates point spreads and uh, markets. So, the Milwaukee Brewers, you're up $1,460. Like a great example, uh, if you look at other teams with the same success, like the Milwaukee Brewers are 14 games over 500, all right? They're 14 games over 500. The New York Yankees, the Yankees are 21 games over 500. Yet the Yankees are only up $1,153 on the year. The Milwaukee Brewers are 14 games over 500. They're up 1,460. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the Yankees win a lot, but when they lose, it sucks because they're minus 200. Similar situation with Boston. Boston are 41 and 19 straight up, but they're only up $1,395. I mean, think about that. The Boston Red Sox are 22 games over 500. You bet $100 every game. You're only up 1,300 bucks because they're so favored all the time. From a value standpoint, you know, from like a projection computer value standpoint, I think the Milwaukee Brewers are the best bet in baseball and the Atlanta Braves. So we'll blast through the uh, the markets here. So as we stated, this is a $100 wager, $100 wager on every game this year on 18. Arizona are plus 446. Colorado, you're up $109. San Francisco, you're up $346. L.A. Dodgers, you're down $2,205. San Diego, you're up $31, betting on every one of their games $100. The Cincinnati Reds are money burners. Uh, the Reds are 21-39. and 39. You've lost $1,317 if you're insane enough to bet on every Cincinnati Red game. The Pittsburgh Pirates are now money burners. 
they were up, but uh, they've been fading. They're uh, they're down one hundred and forty eight dollars on the year. It's not bad, but you've lost money. St. Louis, you're up one hundred nine dollars. The Chicago Cubs, you're uh, down one hundred eighty seven dollars. Except the Cubs, the Cubs are sort of like uh, the Cleveland Indians. The Cubs can be 10 games over 500, but you're not really going to make money betting on the Cubs because they're a big public team. They're always like big favorites. Uh, but the Cubs are playing good baseball right now. I mean, the Cubs were down like 1000 bucks earlier in the year. Now you're only down 200 bucks betting on the Cubs because the Cubs are heating up right now. They're 10 games over 500. I mentioned Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee have the, uh, the best record in the National League, and uh, they're plus $1,460 uh, on the year. The Atlanta Braves, great year for the Braves. They're 11 games over 500. they They're up $1,413. I mean, look at the discrepancy here. The Atlanta Braves are 35-24, and 24, and you're up $1,400. The Washington Nationals are 33-25, and 25, and you're down $60 because the Nationals are always big favorites. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't bet on these chalk teams. So you got to identify the Atlantas and the Milwaukees of the world. Well, that's why we're helping you identify them right now. We're identifying them for you. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies have had a nice year. They're up uh, $413. New York Mets. You figure the Mets would be bigger money burners. If you bet $100 on every Met game, you're only down $485 right now. If you bet $100 on every Miami Marlin game, you're down $695. Now, as far as the American League is concerned, the uh, Boston Red Sox, you're up $1,395. The Yankees, you're up uh, $1,153. The Tampa Bay Rays, minus $160. You're down $160 on them. Toronto and Baltimore are really money burners. These two are combined toxic. The Toronto Blue Jays are fading fast. We told you there was no way in hell the Blue Jays were going to win 180, 80, 81 and a half games this year. That was their win total for the year. Uh, the Blue Jays are down $895 on the year. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles are down $2,297. So it is official. The Baltimore Orioles are the uh, least profitable team and the best team to bet against. The best team to blindly bet against, the Baltimore Orioles. They're down $2,297. I mean, look, this is insane to me, too, the Cleveland Indians. And me and Cam always tell you guys about this. You could bet against the Cleveland Indians every game and make money, even though they win more than they lose. The Cleveland Indians are 30-28 and 28 on the season, two games over five hundred, but they're down nearly $1,000. You're down $960 because the Cleveland Indians are always big favorites. The Detroit Tigers don't get any respect from the odds maker. They're four games under 500, but they're up $566. Minnesota, you're down 641. Kansas City are money burners. You're down $1,077. Chicago White Sox are terrible. You're down $1,630. Uh, American League West, Seattle have had a great year. You're up 1,200 bucks. Houston, you're down 197. The Angels, you're down 200 bucks. Oakland's profitable. You're up 353. And Texas, you've lost $238. You won't lose money if you take the Washington Capitals tonight. Capitals are going to win. The game's going to go under five and a half. There'll be no goal in the first nine minutes and 30 seconds of the game. Angels win. Braves win. D-backs win. Other than that, you're on your own.